Welcome to Theology Pubcast, a podcast where we don't claim to be right, we just claim to be wrestling. Hello, and welcome to our first ever episode of Theology Pubcast. My name is Mark Holden. My name is Adam Narlock. And uh, this is actually the brainchild of Adam. So, <laughs> Adam, um, why don't we get a little bit first into, uh, let's get into your background real fast, just so okay. people get an idea um, of your past when it comes to all things theology. I mean, well, I mean, that's why we wanted to start this thing, because all things theology, in my opinion, is all things. I mean, I think that when you believe in the creator God, everything from salvation to salsa becomes, you know, part of the conversation, which is, I think, you know, why we're sitting here right now drinking deliciously fresh beer in uh, a, a great neighborhood pub ready to have an open conversation. And that's exactly what I think theology should be all about. Honest conversation about life. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you on that. Um, and we'll get a little bit more into that here in just a second. Let's just do a little, little brief introduction of the show itself as well yeah uh, since this is the first episode I think it's only right that we uh, give a brief informal introduction uh, to what this show actually is yeah yeah let's do that uh, well and you know what we'll probably have to do this on a, every episode but essentially uh, faith has become way too private it's like this private thing it's almost become like 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 politics and sex it's just People suck at having good, normal, <laughs> basic conversations. Like, right. feelings get hurt. People are so pretentious. And, like, conversation is basically just small talk on a regular basis. I've developed an allergy to small talk. Uh, I've kind of got this motto, go deep or go home. You know, teach yeah, people good. how to have good conversations again. And then in terms of faith, let's take conversations about faith public. Share a few pints. Hopefully have some laughs. Talk about things that are misunderstood, interesting, provocative, and, and not claiming to be right, just claiming to wrestle openly. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I think that's the key right there. I think the key really comes down to not being right. Um, I, myself, um, will be the first to go on record to say that whatever I say on here is not always going to be right. <laughs> yeah. No. That's not what this is about. I know I say things that might have just hit my brain at that very second before I even got a chance to, to, to say, you know. Mark, really? Uh, to you? Think, no right. way. Come on. Exactly. So uh, so that's going to be an important, uh, I think, component to this as well, is to kind of, I, I don't have a theological background like you, right? You have an education in it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I went to, I went to school, you know, I went to seminary. I, yeah. But again, that's, that's going to make this conversation more interesting because, like, I have that background and you don't. But one of the points of this podcast this conversation that we're going to host all over town in different pubs is that everyone's a theologian yeah yeah no you're right um and that kind of brings us to the idea of where we're at right so right now yeah. we are sitting uh we are in gahanna ohio which is a suburb of columbus ohio and we are at pigskin brewery right now yes um and one of the reasons we wanted to kind of come to the pubs and do this i mean there's several reasons but let's right. start with uh, one of the most, you know, I think one of the most important reasons is to kind of bring it and meet people at where they're at. Yeah, like uh, like our wonderful bartenders here, Matt and Steve. Yeah, I mean, if we were to sit here and do this in the church or in my basement, yeah, we are already, I feel like, setting up uh, a poor example. Or a of, part of the problem at that yeah, point. right, exactly. We're in a closet. Right, yeah. right. And uh, so... In future um, outings here, we are definitely going to want you know have a third mic. We are going to let people just kind of come up to us. Yeah. We're in the pub, you know, ask us questions, talk about things. 
Um, we're not afraid of that discussion. Probably going to get shellacked a couple times. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, but I think that's going to be some of the interesting parts of it. I mean, first, we never know what's going to happen. The listeners nope. are not going to know what's going to happen. Nope. Um, but no I, scripts. But I think that's the only way we can honestly have an honest conversation in 2015 about Christianity, about God himself. Um, Faith in life, you know? Right. I mean, because uh, if we yeah. only talk to people, if we only put ourselves in front of people who are already saved, I mean, that's, I mean, it sounds like, you know, it's great to be there for others. We need community. We need to have a Christian community without a doubt. But at the same time, if that's all we're doing, I think we're missing a point. I think Jesus was a really good example oh my about gosh. going out and meeting yeah. the people who needed it. Yeah. And I'm he'd, be shame, he'd be shaming us a little bit if he was sitting right here, right. Not like in a, in a probably acute, wholesome, graceful way. Right, right. <laughs> but right, right. he'd be shaming us. He'd be like, come on, guys. And, I'm not, and I am not saying that at all. If, you know, I don't want anyone to have an idea or think that what I'm saying is at a bar is where only sinners are going to no, be. No, not um, at all. But I think, you know, first off, you know. Quit insulating yourself, though. Right. I mean, but we, we have to, you know, what we're doing is it's going to be in the evenings. Yeah. Um, and a lot of restaurants don't want you just sitting around with two microphones. Right. I think this is a good, safe environment where we it's can come perfect. here, do a you know a podcast. Well, and even even the name pub. I mean, you know, it means public house, public house, a gathering of the community. And you know, this is one of the reasons that I love this explosion of craft beer and craft distilleries and local wineries because the neighborhood is on the rise again in a way that it wasn't in the '50s, '60s, and '70s in the suburb. It's getting closer to the city. People are developing senses of community that are new and ready for conversation again I think that uh, the time is right for something like this and you know there's other conversations like this uh, out there yeah uh, for consumption right now but we think this one's gonna be just a little bit different and uh, yeah I, I hope people just get to kind of overhear you and me just being silly but being serious and talking about some stuff that hopefully you know other other people haven't had the opportunity to consider maybe how to talk about yeah so since you you know brought up the idea of uh, drinking uh, yeah I thought we would just kind of mention to the listeners what we are drinking yeah, right I think now. we're both drinking the same, same thing one right? yeah. Yeah. yeah which we kind of we got here at different times so you know um, that wasn't planned out I think next so you want me to read the description yeah so oh. we're, we are drinking uh, the pigskin breweries uh, porterhouse porterback or porterback yeah por- I think yeah porterhouse uh, is steak, steak. <laughs> <laughs> But we are drinking the porterback. All right, you guys are going to like this. Looking for tall, dark, and roasty? Look no further, as this brew boasts decadent coffee chocolate flavors with a clean hop finish. This robust brew puts you in, in the command to lead, what does it say? To lead to the next level. It's dark brown in color with a scarlet hue. It yields a fluffy tan head. Don't you love this? <laughs> with good retention, but minimal lacing. All right. It's not filling, but it puts you in the driver's seat of the offense. Uh, everything at this brewery is kind of centered around football. These are like some ex-football players, I think, from the Dayton area. And uh, great guys brewing some great beers. This one's just absolutely excellent. It is. Any, any notes you'd like to highlight in your beer there, Mark? Well, you know, it's funny you hit on. Um, I think I'm a sucker for a porter like this because... Um, a, it's, it's the fall. We are now technically into the fall. Ditto. Uh, so immediately my brain completely. just goes right to that. Second of all, um, you, it mentions coffee and chocolate. Yes. So you tell me and my beer can have a coffee and chocolate hint. I'm a sucker for that. Yes. And they're correct that this is not filling. Um, I have a problem sometimes where uh, some beers can just kind of fill my stomach and I just feel 
yeah. full right oh, away. Oh, yeah, yeah, completely. And it's very discomforting in that sense. And I'm like, too much. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, Distending. Right. Distending. And so that's bowels. why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like how you accentuated bowels. Bowels. Um, so, yeah, I, that's kind of why I went for this. And I think we're probably on the same, on the same brain yeah, wave completely. there. Yeah, um, definitely. But now, because we're speaking of drinking, I would like to think that maybe we should address the elephant in the room. Yeah. Uh, we are admittedly Christians who yes. are here to discuss the topics within a Christian perspective. Yeah. However, we're also imbibing at a brewery. That said, yeah, I think it only makes sense that we begin uh, the sh- the show, maybe even you know, being our first episode, discussing our views of Christianity and the other spirit. Uh, so, Adam, <laughs> why don't you get us started with the uh, little bit of perspective on this? Okay. So, um, you know, I, Mark, I was raised. Um, I was raised in a background that, you know, uh, since my since since then my parents have come a long way and uh, really un- started to understand, I think, what the New Testament means when it teaches about grace and how Christians are saved by grace, meaning it's a gift, it's not something you do. And if it's not something that you do, then where did we get this unbelievable list of do's and don'ts that we don't really find in the Bible, at least not explicitly. I mean, I, I'm sure people are out there trying to make cases for not drinking and taking one or two verses and probably pulling them out of context and building some sort of a case. But at the end of the day, I mean, there are more passages favorable in Scripture about uh, uses for alcohol, both socially, medicinally, celebratory, uh, just you know, part of daily life. I mean, I, I always found it strange growing up that, you know, if I'm not supposed to drink alcohol, then why was Jesus' first miracle at a wedding in a podunk town to turn water into about a hundred gallons of the richest wine imaginable. Right. I mean, well, and, like, and I would second. agree. Now, here's, yeah. Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Well, it's like okay, Jesus doesn't want me to drink, and his first miracle <laughs> was to let everybody get probably hammered. <laughs> I mean, come on, probably. It is a wedding because weddings in Jewish culture back then went days. Right. And this was towards the end. And he and he came out with like the richest stuff that the the, the literally like the sommelier you know as it were at, at the thing comes up and he's like dude this is the best wine I've ever tasted don't tell me that was Welch's grape juice man I don't want to hear that argument well okay so two points I, I want to uh, before we go any further on that I, I one is I I don't think as an American culture that we do understand how others necessarily celebrate weddings. Okay. Um, yeah. Because I didn't. I, I can. I'll tell you for sure. You know, the only weddings I've ever gone to were American weddings, and, right. and that's what I know. Um, you know, it's typically it starts at like I don't know four or something, three, who knows, whatever, sure. and it goes until some time in the evening, and then the, the wedding and the, uh, uh, bride and the groom duck out, right? So, when I went to France, my niece got married. Uh, I found out that the wedding started at ten in the morning, and then I found out while we were doing it that the wedding itself actually ended at four in the morning. <laughs> right. So I had a pregnant wife with me while this was going on. Total we had no bummer. idea what we were into. But she could drive. She, at least. Well, we didn't have to oh, there. Yeah, that's right. But here's the thing. You know, she even had to change into three different dresses during this day. Yikes. So the women actually changed into different dresses during, depending on the, the point of the celebration that you're in. How pregnant was she? Oh, gosh. 30 or no, no, she wasn't that far along because we couldn't have flown. I, yeah, I forget now. But like far enough. Yeah, it was pretty far. I mean, she was sh- she was showing. very showy. She was, yes, showing. She was very showy. You know what I was getting at. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we had no idea what we had gotten ourselves into at this point. That right there tells me when we think about 
the miracle being performed at a wedding that we're thinking like, well, maybe it was for a toast or something like that. Sure. But I will tell you that other societies are not not just spending a day or multiple days celebrating with one glass of wine. Um, So the next point I want to bring up, too, is one thing I hear a lot when anyone brings up the miracle. Yeah. Right. Back then, I people will people will say there's there's conflicting evidence on it, but people say that back then wine wasn't as potent as as today, right? Um, So a lot of people who I've seen who are um, Christians uh, who would bring up the point that okay, sure, Jesus is not only was it Jesus that performed a miracle of water and wine, that was Jesus's first miracle, right? I mean, well, yeah, I mean that's what the Gospel of John says. So you know. the Gospel of John isn't chronological, and the Gospel of John calls it a sign. Right, okay. uh, where, you know, uh, but a lot of well, people it, would it, say it's yeah. one of, you know... It's it, the it, first, it's how about it's the first miracle in the Gospel of John, which is this right. theologically charged Gospel that's supposed to really tell us things, and he chose certain miracles for a reason. It even sends a, says at the end of the book, like, if we would have recorded everything that Jesus did, like, we couldn't have... It would have filled all the books. So he did all this incredible stuff that Encyclopedia Britannica would have looked like a pamphlet. <laughs> right. And the first miracle they include, which was obviously early on in his career, yeah. his disciple, because it says his disciples then started to put faith in him. So this was really early on. He probably hadn't did much else. And yeah, man, he literally uses his divine supernatural. Let's think about this for a second. He uses his God power. This isn't a magic trick. Like he summons his divine, I am God, I can do anything power to help a teenage couple kids who are getting married who made a social faux pas and ran out of booze to not be embarrassed essentially and not let their guests not let the party end right and it was even more it was to keep the party going ashamed i would say they would almost have been ashamed so i mean anybody that says like oh yeah it's you know for a toast or you know it's uh it was watered down you're not looking at the passage in context you're really not right well and wouldn't that make jesus like the ultimate enabler I mean, if yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if, if we're going on the idea right. that like, right. uh, wine or something is bad in this sense, um, I feel like now, you know, and, and, and that takes me to, to, you know, a thought here. Um, you know, when you look at it, like, so Ephesians, right? Ephesians 5.8 says that we are not to get drunk with wine, oh, yeah. but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, my gosh. There's passages all over right. Scripture so, about that. I think... You have to almost believe that Jesus was th- thinking, I'm providing this, and now everything is on you. You know, right. otherwise, if, if, if just drinking the wine just immediately was about just, you know, they, they got drunk, then I feel like that is going against some of the things that, you know, it talks about don't let your brother stumble. Right? That Jesus would have been guilty of that. And that's not where I would. I think that's an excellent point, Mark. I mean, I really do. Like the whole not making your brother stumble. It's like, you know, if you show up to, you know, a quote Christian function and you bring a six pack and you haven't, you know, made everyone sign a waiver that you haven't been an alcoholic or you don't have a conscience problem with alcohol, are you making your brother stumble? Well, then hang on. By that rationale, God, by creating this stuff and using his divine power at this wedding, I I agree. Like, is he then the ultimate enabler? Like, would Paul have an issue with Jesus at this point? I mean, it's just like, I mean, are we making a mountain out of a molehill here? I think think so. And and I'll tell you why. I I mean, there's a lot we could get into, and we're obviously going to. 
So we might be a little bit all over the place, but this is a conversation where one thought can lead it directly into another one. Sure. Um, you know, because one of the things that I had thought about was I, before we did this, I was trying to figure out what the reasons were that maybe Christians who don't drink will label it as a sin or as evil. Right. I was really trying to get in the head. Yeah. One thing I don't ever want to do is I'm not going to judge someone. If you're if definitely you're, not. If you're a Christian and, and you yeah. don't want to drink, I'm never going to. No way, man. Uh, say that you. Oh, you're such a goody two shoe. Right. Or no. Come you're on. You're just trying to get points, or you know what? I, I would. I, that's. I just. It's like reverse snobbism. Right. Yeah. So you're not with us. Well, we're not with you. Right. Like, no, I, 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 I respect That's it. So and dumb. I know that there's reasons why. And here are some of the reasons. Tell me what you think as far as um, some of the reasons why Christians might label this as something that is either a sin or as evil. Okay. okay yeah. And just tell me if you think this, these are wrong or sure, right. Man, you what know? You got? Yeah. So I'm just going to kind of shoot these out at you. Um, and it doesn't mean that they're guilty of all of them. But I would say that some these people might be you know, you're trying to come out from their perspective, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So one point would be, uh, they've seen the effects of abuse, and they're, I guess, essentially to say they're frightened of it. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I've I've known a lot of people like that. Um. You know, a, a close friend of mine included, just you know, seen some just really really nasty things that it's done in their family, and honestly, they're just uh kind of looking at themselves, going, "Hey, man, that's that's my DNA right there. That doesn't seem to mix so well." With ABV, yeah, yeah, maybe I should just stay away from that, and have made uh, conscience choices on that that they feel absolutely no inclination to even test the waters because they just don't want to. It, it's too ugly to them. It's just too. It's not something they want to get down on, man. It's it, you know it would be like, uh, you know, let, let's say your dad was a pilot mm -hmm. and uh, you know died flying. Mm -hmm. You know, you mm -hmm. just. That, that would be ugly to you the rest of your life, and it would be something that you just did not want to be a part of. And if people scoffed at you because you didn't want to get into an airplane and you said, hey, yo, my dad was a pilot and he died or, you know, or, or got messed up or whatever, man. I mean, this is an analogy I'm pulling off the top of my head, but, like, essentially, if there's emotional hurt that's tied to close people, it affects your conscience, and you don't see any value that's going to overcome that in imbibing, then you would be stupid to imbibe. You know, that would just... What's the cost benefit ratio? There, yeah, you right. Know? I mean, right. Kind of do a biz business formula yeah, let's to your do an life. analysis and <laughs> yeah, say, right. um, this is an easy one. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, completely. I, I didn't drink until I was like 23 years old. And, you know, not to be a goody two shoes or anything. I just I saw a lot of my friends being complete idiots. Yeah. Um, you know, puking on themselves and yeah, each other yeah. and talking about how they didn't really even like it. But they were just trying to get drunk and like. My family didn't really drink, so that was I had limited exposure to anything uh, of value. Yeah. Well, so that takes me to the next so one of my other ones. I want to. So you can keep even talking about that, but that is another one on the, my list as far as, um, you know, just like anything, you're kind of afraid of what you don't know. Oh, always. We all are. Yeah. So I mean, you didn't know it, right? You didn't right. see your parents drinking it. Right. Um, and I'd never you drank. didn't try it at 21, nope. but you saw others who were. I didn't know. Yeah, absolutely. And I so just, it kind of was like, ah, I, I don't like what I see. I probably was a little timid. I probably was a little timid. It was kind of like, you know, uh, what would that do to me? You know, what? I don't know. What, what would I become if it turns some people into something ugly? Right. And not necessarily all people. No. It's not that it, this turns Most all people, people into people, it doesn't. Right. But Most when people, you see that even if one, it happens to one person, I think self-preservation kicks in and... We will immediately say, even though even maybe 99.9% .9 of people are okay when they do this, 
that what about me? What if I'm that point, you know, one percent that I could fall in there? That self-preservation, I think, is a Absolutely. very normal part of our totally. being a human. So I totally, understand man. that as well. Like, if I it's think something that's a you great don't point. Know. Yeah, yeah. Another one is if someone they love and respect kind of convinced them that it was bad, oh. and they kind of just take that as gospel, or they and they don't want to disappoint them. Yes, I well, mean, we all know that all religious beliefs are you know primarily formed in the family. You know, I mean, you, you talk to anybody and ask them why they believe what they believe. Chances are it's going to be what their parents believe. Yeah. Not to say that, you know, you're, you're swallowing everything that your parents believe. You're a zombie. Or you're a zombie. Like no, that. no, yeah. no, I'm not saying that at no. all. I'm just saying if we look at it statistically yeah. and sociologically, I don't care how you ended up forming what you believe. If it was a different way from your parents, statistically say, speaking, you usually believe around about what your parents believe in some way, shape, or form. And, and that parents, goes for Christians and that yeah. goes for atheists oh, and that dude, goes for I think everybody all beliefs that's that's why you know when people want to talk about religion and they're like oh you know well what about all the people that you know are are born you know in in the west and they didn't have a chance to be a Christian or you know what about you know isn't it isn't isn't Christianity really socially and geographically kind of decided for you mm. like if you're mm. born in Tennessee chances are you're going to be a, quote, born-again Christian. If you are born in Calcutta, chances are you're going to be a Hindu. And, you know, one of the answers to that line of thinking is religious relativism, which is what that is, is something that was birthed completely out of the postmodern way of viewing things, which is a completely Western way of seeing things, and nobody in those other countries would see it that way. So you're just promoting a worldview that you were born into. Oh, yeah, that's you know? a good point. Yeah, you're I actually mean, part of... The symptom you're part of the symptom <laughs> that you're, you're diagnosing at that right, point. Right. It's a self-defeating argument. So, like, you know, yeah, sure, I wouldn't be a Christian if I was born in, you know, Cambodia, but you wouldn't be a religious relativist if you were born in India. So it works on you too, bro. Like, you know? That's a good point. Yeah. And so, I mean, so, okay, so, so we, we cover that one. Um, then I would also go to those who they were once addicted to it. So they view it as an evil that, you know, everyone else has an opportunity at getting addicted to as well. Oh, my gosh. And I understand we it. You know, kind of define addiction at that point. Well, you do. And I would agree with that. And that's I mean, what where, about my coffee addiction, man? Well, right. Exactly. And um, and I think we can get more into that when we talk Video about games. Like, right. Yeah. Guilty. But <laughs> what I will say is, you know, um, as someone who, um, you know, I was... I had done stuff that I thought I wasn't addicted to, right? Sure. Um, so for me, you know, my life is completely transparent. I was very into smoking weed. I was yeah. a big pot smoker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I used to write speeches in college. Sure. Uh, uh, public speeches about when, I, when I'd have to get up and start talking about how it's not addicting. Yep. Um, but what I didn't realize was is it was addicting in a different way, right? And so mm, it doesn't even necessarily mean, you know, people are addicted because of genetics or that people are addicted yeah. um, to the actual substance. But sometimes sure. people are even addicted to... Um, what it brings, right? Like the, the idea of escapism, sure. those kind of things. Sure, right. sure, sure. Um, and that, though... And you, man, that's a fine line. I was going to say, that's a fine line because it's, it's not fine just line. alcohol that we could assign that to. No, I mean, we could start talking. You want to talk a little bit I about mean, weed? I mean, it's kind of a hot topic <laughs> conversation I mean, right that now. could be a definitely another... Uh, I mean, uh, we dude, could, we could all these commercials on issue three are coming oh, out, right, issue right, two, right. issue three, all this kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, people have asked me, like, what are my thoughts on it? And I haven't done, I got to be honest, I haven't done a ton of research. Yeah. But. Yeah. Be, sorry, we're just ordering another beer. Yeah. Oh, it's good stuff. It is very good. Um, I've kind of come down on the fact of, you know, I, again, and I'm not going to take a heavy hand on this, yeah. like, you know, but essentially, like, if. 
I think the best I can understand it, and I've only smoked weed, like I think I've smoked weed like four times in my entire life, and none of my friends ever even would allow me to smoke it <laughs> again because I, I became completely paranoid. And, uh, you brought I was, the fun down. Oh, dude, I was such a buzzkill. <laughs> Everybody's like, never. Somebody write this down so we don't forget. <laughs> right. <laughs> never let Adam smoke ever again. <laughs> it was bad news from, from the get-go. Oh, those look gorgeous. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, man. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. so we, so there's, there's that side of it, right? There's the. Addiction. It really does have a light, fluffy head. It, it actually does. I hadn't thought about it until now. Wow. When you read it, and now I'm actually yeah, having it again. Excellent. Uh, the beginning excellent, portion of excellent it. Excellent brew. Nicely done, pigskin. And so, some people say it's addiction. Some people say it's disease. Now, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not even going to get into that argument. Okay. And I just want to put that out there, though. So, if when people are hearing this, they don't think, "Well, I'm just an addict," but sure. instead, I, I have a disease. Sure. And I'm, I'm fine with that line, and, and I'm not going to argue because I don't know. Hey, the I have no idea. I'm not. Even gonna comment. Right, but I, I just want to. No, I got very little to say. Exactly. On that. Yeah. Uh, but I just want to put it out there so that someone yeah. doesn't feel like that we're. Do you think that? that? I'm just curious. I mean, I really don't care. I've yeah. never asked you before. Do you think that uh, if it's legalized, that that weed is is going to be a okay for Christianity? Um, gosh, you know, I, I don't even I don't even think about it from a Christian as far as like that's not even where my brain goes first. Okay. Because my brain first goes to, um, I mean, as a Christian, my brain first does go to the laws of the land. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It has to. Right. I mean, that's biblical. Exactly. And so, that would be where my first head, my you know, my first thought would go. Um, the next one is is whether or not I would even be able to do something like that. You know, I know my past with it, and I know how much it made food taste better. Oh. It made movies better. It made me feel like I was I in the video that. game. I do remember that. You know, that. those kinds of things where that can become. I mean, who if someone say, say to you. Why don't you take something that can make things better? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. so I don't look at it so much even as like, well, what is a Christian? I do look at it as like, I'm not sure I can handle it. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Now, no, look, okay, that was, that, you know, th those times that I was doing that, you know, it was when I was young. Yeah, yeah. You know, now I'm in my mid-30s. I have you a child. You are so old. I do feel much older now. Um, my, I might just be like you. I might smoke it and then have a paranoia freak out. And then I'd be like, nope, no fun. I don't want to do right, it. Right, right, right. Um, uh, oh, it was not fun. But, you know, I used all. to argue the, the point that, you know, um, that in the Bible it does say that, you know, God provided the herbs and the seed. <laughs> and, you know, that's how I looked at Must that. Must be what he was talking uh, about. Right, right. Yeah. But then, you know, um, my, my wife, who was my girl, my wife now, who was my girlfriend at the time, said, well, if you're going to go off of that, you need to go off of the laws of the land and obeying that. And I was like, oh, that mm -hmm. hurts, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I go from there. But. One of the things that I've always kind of, we can end this kind of conversation because there's just way too much to kind of cover here, but <laughs> the way I kind of look at it, because uh, my wife and I have talked about it as well, because she, she enjoyed it in her youth um, before she became a Christian too. And, you know, we've had the conversation like, A, again, we're never going to war about that kind of thing. It's not going to be one of those things that you really want to, is that really the point of what we're getting at as Christians here? But at the same time, I think that the difference between weed and alcohol, since we were talking about alcohol, to me, is the number one real point of weed from the first puff, basically, is to alter consciousness. And, you know, as those that are, are we, you know, one of the things we believe as Christians is that we are filled with God's own life. Yeah. God's own spirit dwells within us. Like God's, not in like a creepy possession kind of way, but like that everything that has life got it from somewhere and, and then sort of lost it a little bit along the way, and that's where sin and death and sickness and all kinds of weird stuff come in. Yeah. And then that we get literally refilled with the start of that new life mm -hmm. that we really shouldn't be... I don't know. It's, it, 
it seems wrong to kind of mess with consciousness much at that point. And that's, and that's why I think the line with drunkenness comes in, it, which right. becomes a matter of conscience because it's different for anyone. Yeah. I mean, my neighbor across the street can literally drink probably 12 beers <laughs> before the dude feels anything, and that's neither here nor there. Right. But, like, I mean, I, I know pretty well where my limit is, and I don't even want to go past it because nothing good is on the other side of that for yeah. me. Yeah. It's only pain, it's only <laughs> it's only headache, literally, it's only bad things. And I, I know where that line is and I do this to uh for the community, for the enjoyment, uh appreciation. Uh, I'm just an enthusiastic kind of guy. I love finding things that I can experience and appreciate and uh craft craft beer and wine and bourbon are uh things that I've just really gotten into from a almost like a hobby standpoint. And an enjoyment, and it produces great conversation like us right now and community. And so I see all these incredibly valuable things that I see gel with scripture. I don't have a conscience problem about it at all. I look at guys like Martin Luther, who, you know, his favorite thing about his wife was her beer recipe. And he wrote her like love letters. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. His wife, Catherine, apparently had this legendary ale recipe. <laughs> That when he was like out, like planning churches and traveling and like spreading the doctrine of the Reformation, he would write her like, I miss you letters. And he's like, I really miss you, but I really, really miss your beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, at least, you know what? He's honest. Yeah, I, I like, got to respect Calvin, that. I mean, talk about reformers. In his salary was allotted like, a, like wine to like drink and not just for communion, but to have fellowship with his neighborhood and his community. Like tons of wine, gallons, upon, hundreds of gallons of wine. As like monthly salaries, so interesting. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, you're right. It's and it's you know you you hit upon the point that um, it is socially enjoyable. Um, I I would agree with that. You know, it is. Um, I think it's a nice time to um, sit down with people. It creates an environment where we can be kind of open. Oh yeah, um, and just talk and and not. Um, you know, not feel ultra formal like a dinner might feel. Don't you think it's like an awkwardness killer? That's a great point, actually. Like, yeah. In yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. Like people feel so awkward and self-conscious all the time. And not that it's like, you know, the term liquid courage and all that. And it brings up these bad high school kind of memories about being at the football game and trying to ask out Lindsay. And, you know, <laughs> right. not that that ever happened to me. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of an awkwardness killer. It's an icebreaker. And, you know, like. Honestly, I, you know, and just being completely honest here, not trying to alienate any of my non-drinking friends, but like sometimes it's really hard for me to find a reason to hang out with somebody for the first time if they don't drink something like at least coffee yeah, right, or beer yeah. or wine. It's like, hey, do you want to get out and get a soda? Yeah, because I mean when you get – especially like a soda, let's say, right? All these kinds of – most of these things are going to be um, – Assembly line manufacturer. Yeah, it's crap. You're gonna taste the same thing. You're drinking in, poison. You know, I can taste a Coke in California that yeah. tastes exactly the same as it does in Ohio I or New York. Probably make an argument that we're being better stewards of our body by by <laughs> drinking, you know, the pure ingredients found in this gorgeous quarterback here than in a can of Coca Cola or, for God forbid, Diet Coke, which is pure poison. I'm just saying for all you listeners <laughs> out there because they want to hear that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but yeah, I mean. I, you know, and, and it's, here's the thing too: is the people who make these craft beers, or make these bourbons, um, or make like uh, even the red wines, I look at these people as artists. Oh my gosh, completely! You know, completely. I mean, I mean beer, bourbon, wine. The there is who, love. It, there real, is real, true passion. You have to know what you're doing. Yes, 
Um, it's not something that can be just easily manufactured. No. And you have to watch bulk. over it. You have to care for it. You have to nurture it. You've got to work with it. You got to bend it, flex it. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's yeah. a story behind. You're drinking a story. Right. You know, one of the reasons I love bourbon is like every distillery's got a little piece of history going back to like the Civil War mm. or even before that, and like. I mean, it's it's a part of the land. It's a part of the the economy. It's a part of history. Yeah. And uh, there's something just really beautiful about that. Right. And I can even make that argument for like coffee now. You know, oh my coffee gosh, yes. has come so far. Absolutely. Um, you know, I remember my first introduction to this co- the world of coffee is when I lived in Brooklyn, and I realized like it tasted different than my mom's coffee. You know, I was like, oh. wait. I didn't know. I love the smell and of I coffee even, growing up. I even up. liked the crappy coffee like growing up. <laughs> like Folgers well, smells amazing. See, the smell got me, but then oh, when I would yeah. taste it, I was like, oh, this isn't quite doing it for me. Yeah, um, yeah. But then when I started tasting this like, you know, artisan type, you know, coffee, this, yeah. this craft that was going yeah. on. Oh, completely. It blew my mind. And so to sit around with someone and go, oh, my gosh, do you taste this? Man. It easily is an icebreaker. Whether, yes. again, whether it is like a beer or a bourbon, a wine, or even a coffee. Um, so I think that there, being an art is a very important part of... Um, and, and being, uh, again, as Christians, you know, being in the world but not of it. Not to play like... Not, I'm not trying to Jesus juke you here or this conversation. <laughs> I'm really right. not. You know, that, it sounded like I was. But, like, honestly, like, think about what we're called to do in the world. Like, if we really believe that, like, Christianity is the, the, the truth and not like a truth like a truth that creates wars but a truth that gives life mm. you know a truth that people can really find meaning and you know transcendence yeah, and significance yeah. and purpose and community if that's what we have as Christians we should be looking for any and every way to engage culture yeah and I mean see, some people would say okay well um well, uh, you know, you're making a, a very dangerous argument of sure. joining, you know, the flesh, the right. world, right? Absolutely. And so it's I think fine line. there is. I think moderation becomes a very important key to the subject, and not just of alcohol, but I think in yeah. a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, even if you do like sex, right? Sex is a very beautiful thing. God, you know, it's promoted. But I can't do it more than three times a day. <laughs> I just physically can't do right. it. But the thing is, if you, it can even get to a point where if you do too little of it. Right? Oh, yeah. That it can create dangers in a marriage. And you know what? That'd make a great podcast episode. Right, so here we go. Honestly. We can write some of these subjects down. Yeah. But, yeah. I'd love um, to but talk if you about do that. too much of it, in again, fact, we should talk about that. I, I would agree. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll definitely address that. Um, but if you do too much of it, sure. Again, that you might be, you know, you start to walk, walk a fine line of it. Like, again, moderation, I think, is what becomes very important. And, you know, that kind of takes back to what we first started talking about with, you know, where, you know, in Ephesians it says not to get drunk with wine. But, you know, it also. I think is promoting moderation in here, right? Because uh, Paul does warn Timothy um, in the selection of deacons that they must not be those who are addicted to addicted much to wine. Much wine, right? So addicted, I think, is a key word there, yep. and much is the other key component there, right? Like if you're in that community and this guy comes up and his name gets kind of like passed into the hat for like this guy would make a good elder, and everybody's like, yo, 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 <laughs> not no, he's a wino. <laughs> like he's there's a problem asleep at two o'clock because you <laughs> right. know? or wants to be or yeah, yeah well yeah. I guess that makes a lot of us though I but. mean like listen here's the deal I think that what that obviously is talking about and I probably can't back this up like lexi- lexiconically or you know you know yeah. contextually but like obviously that thing is talking about setting up the church which in the first century was a community based organization it's community language yeah and what they're talking about honestly is in the community, if you think of this guy, 
is the first thing you think of that this guy is a drinker? Mm-hmm. Is that his reputation? Is that his name? That's dangerous. Though. That, come on. I mean, nobody wants to be but that, that guy. But that goes with anything, right? If, nobody if, wants to be that guy. You know, you know it's, a very impor- it's, a, it's an interesting point you bring up because, you know, I, I had not actually sat down and thought about, like, what would be... If someone was to say, like, what's the first thing you think of with Mark? You know, yeah. what would be my thing? And Passion. That, and so, well, so that's good. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm not afraid then of whatever that first thing is. Is it consuming me in a way that is dangerous, right? And so I think that's what, you know, goes back again to moderation. And let me say something about moderation, too, because I think moderation, at least in my personal history, and this could be just me, so, you know, I, I don't know if you or anybody else that could be listening to this would, would agree or disagree with me, but, like, I like the way Luther talked about it as a matter of conscience. Mm, mm-hmm. So because moderation can be a law unto itself, too, because then how do you define moderation? Is it one drink? Is it two drinks? Is it, is it you know, once a week? Is it twice a week? Is it, you know, what, what is moderation? And he would say conscience. Mm. Conscience, because if we... Because if we really believe the Spirit of God is dwelling in us, yeah. and not directing our thoughts in a zombie-like way, but in a loving, conversational, real way, uh, and you feel like uh, in your real true—I'm going to say the word again—relationship mm-hmm. with God, that conversation around alcohol yeah. isn't going well, that should make you uncomfortable. Yeah. And if you're uncomfortable— then you should dial back. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and that's kind of the way I And that goes, conscience. I think, both ways, right? Like, if you're an, like a staunch anti-alcohol yeah. person, then maybe, you know, you need to have a conversation about this. And then if you're someone who's like, so you know, over-the-top right. alcohol. Because if you're uh, afraid of something, by the way, and I'm just, you know, anybody that might ever listen to us talking about this, if, if alcohol is something that brings up fear in them, look, sympathetically, I just want to say that, like, Fear is not a good thing. Right. It or, just never Or is. to be controlled by fear. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because yeah. if you're afraid of something, it is controlling you. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I'm not trying to step on... I mean, I don't, I don't particularly care if I step on toes because, you know, we really are just... We're not trying to be right. We're just trying to wrestle openly. Right. And, and, I, and I would say, you know, some people... Because, again, people might say, well, isn't, aren't we supposed to have a healthy dose of fear of God? So fear in that sense is a little different, but I think the being controlled right. by fear... And I would say that's like a, a, a love-generated fear, an awe-inspired... Well, like a parent fear even in a sense. Not an I anxiety. Mean, yeah, right. Not like, dude, God's freaking me out right now. <laughs> Dude's creeping on me. Yeah. yeah like, that was me in college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, God, are you I watching all of this? Like <laughs> <Yes>. somebody <laughs> Sorry. We'll have to edit that out. No, no, we're going to keep that. Um, <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> and that's why we're going to keep that. Um, now, one thing I thought was interesting was where the Bible does prohibit the consumption of wine or, quote, strong drink. Yeah, yeah. Is with taking a Nazareth or, uh, yeah, Nazareth vow. Yeah. Um, are you a Nazareth? And priest. No, nope. you're not a Nazareth, are you? <laughs> I was like, I didn't know that about you. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong right, with right. that. Right, right. No, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a lot of Seinfeld references in this anyway. He's an anti-Nazite. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, but no, uh, the Nazareth vow and the priest in the temple service, right? Because yeah. in Lit- uh, was it, I forget if it's Leviticus, Numbers, uh, anyways. It, it, One of those really fun books. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it also forbids um, the cutting of hair. Yeah. Um, and coming in contact with corpses of graves, even those of family members. Right. And so if you are under that, you know, like if you're saying, well, right. it so does say in the Bible. If you're going to grab onto that rule, <laughs> right. we then need the, we're going to throw a whole bunch of other ones at you, too, right. just like Paul did in Colossians. Mm, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's a great point. That's, I mean, that's 
That's a yeah. That's a great example. Don't let anyone thing. pass judgment on you in matters of eating and drinking and moons and festivals and things like that. These have a shadow of the things you know to come, but uh, the substance belongs to Christ. I mean, yeah. that's that's what he said. Yeah. That you know rules were were meant to be instructors. Yeah. And you know we we really turned them into a means of salvation often, which is you know I think what that's really human. What, what the new what New Testament means when it's talking about works based salvation, you know. He says in, uh, in, I think it's, yeah, it's in Colossians that we should not pass judgment on, on people of, in questions of food or drink. So that means we're not sitting here condemning anybody that just does not get down yeah. on booze. No, of course not. At, at all. No, we have friends who are that way. and Lots of friends. Yeah, and I would never sit there I just feel like backs. I did that thing that, like, I have a friend like yeah. that. You know? <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm friends with people yeah, like yeah. that. I have yeah. a friend who, uh, no. Yeah. But no, we do. We have friends with that. And it's not anything that I would ever think about behind their back saying anything negative about because, um, because we all have something. Oh, yeah. Right? And oh, yeah. So, and again, I mean, obviously, the you know the the, the famous you know caster you know the, who's free of sin cast out for a stone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Obviously, goes with something like that. Um, yeah, I agree. And so, I just think you know, so moderation does become interesting now. To kind of pivot from moderation and pivot from what the Bible says not to do, yeah. I thought that would be interesting to kind of even you know kind of quickly address some of the things that the Bible does say. Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you got? Because like. Um, in Genesis twenty seven twenty eight, um, yeah. most of the time too, I'm going to be always saying like the English Standard Version type. Yeah. Of, by the way, ESV, so ESV. The e- extra spiritual version, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, it's the kind of the one that my brain gets a little bit more. Anyway, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I like the ESV, um, man. I think the ESV is a great translation. And so um, Isaac, uh, as he's blessed, or as he blessed Jacob, yeah. Uh, says, oh, yeah. may God give you of the dew of the and heaven, he thought it was the Esau. fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Yeah, yeah. And he's saying, may God give you this. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, this wasn't taken out of the Bible. I mean, if you look, you know, Revelation is a very interesting ending to the Bible, which is don't add anything to this. And oh, do yeah, not man. Subtract anything yeah, don't do from that. It. And Completely. so I, I went out, you know, that that concept. What about me this one? Uh, one of my favorites that I always used to use on this is uh, it's Psalm 104. Uh, and it's I think verses fourteen and fifteen. It says he uh, he mean God mm-hmm. makes grass grow for the cattle, plants for man to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth and wine that gladdens the heart of man. Mm. Yeah, dude wasn't talking about Welch's grape juice there. <laughs> like he said, gladdens, gladdens the, heart the heart of man. Right. And in like Matthew nine uh, eleven nineteen, it says the Son of Man came eating and drinking. They say he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Mm. Yeah. And like. Listen, again, this is not me trying to say everyone should start drinking right now. Not interested in that. But what I am interested is uh, raging against just religiosity for religiosity's sake because I, I see it as casting a really nasty shadow on the beauty of the freedom that we have in Christ in the, in the gospel. It's a life without fear. And, like, if you're doing it for a good reason because, you know, you just don't want to or whatever, but like if you're going to put that on anybody else, in my opinion, if you're going to put that on anybody else, if you're going to make a law out of it, yeah, I'm going to do it right in front of you and say I am free in Christ. Like the salvation I have in Jesus makes makes a law a thing of the past. And it's like broken. Don't, yeah, not to yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, 
a lot of some, some people who are listening to this might be Christians and know this stuff. Some people who might may not be they may be the unchurched. Right, right, right. right. So we want to make sure that they, they know that like that Jesus was here to say that these laws, like you know you, you know, uh, to the Pharisees, you are keeping all these laws, but that does not mean. You are, you know... Uh, he said you are spotless on the outside and on the inside you are full of death and disgust and, you know, you're a whitewashed tomb. It's important to note that, right? Because that some serious there smack were talking. laws and Serious there were smack rules. talking by the Son of God there. Yeah, <laughs> right. Serious yeah, smack talking. Yeah, which is probably one of the things that got him killed, actually. Um, yeah. I mean, that was a very, you know... You don't kill nice people. <laughs> no, you right. don't. You don't crucify and execute nice guys. Right. It just doesn't happen. Oh, and Jesus was such a good teacher. He was <laughs> yeah. such a nice guy. Yeah, that's why they hung him up on a Roman cross, because he was being so nice to everybody. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely he radical was, thinking. He was starting you know? some stuff, man. Yeah, and so, and that's why it's like you know, it's a dangerous thing that we're doing for two reasons. So one, like you said, you're casting a shadow on something as gorgeous as the gospel. Yeah, man. As something as beautiful as what Jesus has said, laid out, and did, and I mean, it's it's an amazing thing that. I, I, human brains, I honestly still don't think can contemplate. You know, comprehend. I know I can't. I wouldn't be living the way that I did if yeah, I could right. actually get how amazing right. this whole thing right. was. I wouldn't be right. freaking out about stuff and you right. know, afraid and, so, and condescending and yeah. And so, so that's one danger in being the person that's kind of throwing this out there as yeah. um, you know, kind of this is sinful. You're a Christian. Why are you doing this? Yeah. I think another reason it becomes dangerous is. Um, you know, imagine if that's what Jesus said when he walked up to the prostitute, like, in, in, in a very unloving way. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, Jesus ever condoned the things that the sinners were doing. Nope. But he also never walked up and made them feel like the just the dirt of the earth. I think he had a really, I'm just, you know, this is obviously my perception, but it seems to me that he had a really great way of looking past what people do, yeah, yeah, and w- and getting straight to like what they're really looking for, and it's that's what he was primarily interested in. He wasn't interested in behavior for behavior's sake to put it on a grid and say, "Oh, good behavior, bad behavior." Like I never see him doing anything like that. With with the best behavior, he seems to either shrug it off with the disciples, like it's it's really you know if they've got faith, it's like oh okay great. Um, you know, he doesn't really celebrate it a whole lot. Um, but when they mess up. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, you know, if, if people are trying to, like, take glory in their actions, yeah. he cuts it down real yeah. quick. Yeah. And then to the sinners, he's never really talking to them much about their sin, but he's talking to them about their hearts. And, like, what? Come, like, why are you doing that? Right. What's going on? Right. Well, and that, yeah, one of the things I'm, I'm probably going to say could be every episode for all I know. Um, but this is something I struggle with, but I'm learn- I've learned. Um, I feel like God kind of just screamed it to me one day when I was having an issue with someone, is that it's not about how you're affected, but it's about how that person is inflicted. Oh, yeah, that's... that's you know, because when someone does something to us, we're so quick to be like, change. oh, they, that hurt me, and you made me feel bad, so now I'm angry. And it becomes a very me, myself, mine, I kind of mentality. Victim mentality. Right, but I think really what we need to be more concentrated on is why is this person in, you know, afflicted? afflicted Could with, it be that they have brokenness? Could right. it be someone they're hurting? Someone hurt them, and yes. now they feel they have to hurt someone else yes. to at least feel better? Yes. And But we're not... We're not, as a human, not even as Christians, but as humans, this is something, we, we, we don't live in a society that promotes that. Yes. And so I think, you know, again, it goes to the people who are so anti-alcohol in the Christian society that it's like, 
I have to look at you and sometimes say, why are they afflicted with this passion for this? And I need them to look at me and maybe say, like, well, why is it that they feel okay? And not necessarily, be, you know, trying to say, like, in a negative light, but, you know, say, well, maybe they enjoy the social aspect of it. Maybe it gets them to have Maybe fun. they're lonely. Right. And then there's even the hurt part of it. And I'm not saying I mean, that that justifies just drinking, be being lonely, people. or being they hurt. Just, but yeah. you don't know what's going on. And instead of throwing that judgment and that negativity. Um, and the, unfortunately, what happens is when so outspoken like that, you are then a, a billboard for Christianity. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think that's what makes the fringe very scary to a lot of non-Christians is because what they're seeing is that is that you can know I, they're, they're can this I kind of the build on to this a little yeah, bit cuz i love what you're saying man honestly dude one of the things that embarrasses me most about christians is we're supposed to be these people that are filled up mm. by grace mm. and with grace just filled up yeah. because that's what the gift of god in yeah. jesus is and the holy spirit and all this stuff it's like just grace 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 that's that's scripture that's right. what we believe and we seem to be the most sensitive irritable you know, tr- posse, you know, you know, party minded, like just with me or against me mm-hmm. kind of, we don't seem to be these people that are just good at absorbing. Right. And, and really well, we're more about instead of absorbing or spewing. Right. Yeah. Like, we're yeah. kinda, you know, and yeah. that, that's there's such a difference between we're, absorbing and yeah. being full of yeah. that a point to the point where it pours out of us. Yes. And there's a difference between that and spewing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's I where there's mean. a line that is dangerous. Right. And I think, uh, when I said absorbing, what I mean by that is like, you know, when, like you were sharing that story about, you know, that, that friend that was just really irritating you. And it's like, you have that epiphany to see it, you know, more from their perspective and realize, like I had this thing (laughs) happen to me recently. I pull up into the Starbucks parking lot, right? Yeah. And I just been thinking a lot about grace lately and just what an awesome idea grace, grace is. And like, just, it's such a great, Nobody else has this idea in the, yeah. in the history of the world. Like yeah, every, no, everything right. else is like achieve. You've got to earn Work, it. Yeah. You've got to earn it. And like I am who I am as a Christian because God decided to give me everything he's got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that should make me a completely different kind of person. So I'm sitting in the Starbucks parking lot, right? And I'm on the phone with one of my friends sitting in the parking lot. It's like 97 degrees out. This is like a month ago. And sitting in the Starbucks parking lot on the phone. And this guy comes up to my car that had been sitting in the, the terrace, like right in front of me. Yeah. And he asks me to roll down my window. And I'm on the phone. And so I, you know, I roll down the window and I'm just like, hey, man, how's it going? And he goes, could you please turn your car off? <laughs> right? That's what I said. I was like, yeah. I was like, like what? Excuse me? <laughs> and he was like, could you please turn your car off? I'm trying to enjoy the nice day. And people keep coming up and leaving their cars running. And it's really pissing me off. <laughs> so I, you were the cam or the straw that broke the camel's back. I must have been, man. Yeah. And, and, and listen, this guy, I had been sitting there for maybe five minutes. Yeah. And uh, he had smoked an entire cigarette and started a new one. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with smoking. No, right, but right, the right. guy was going at these things like yeah. it was the spring of living water. Yeah. And like, you know, blowing it in people's faces around him. You know, there's obviously nobody else was smoking. And yeah. There were plenty of people. The patio was packed. And... Uh, I could have been like, screw you, buddy. Right, right. You know, I'm like, trying to enjoy my day. Dude, I'm, A, I'm on the phone, and I need to, it's about to die, and yeah. I can't turn it off. And B, it's 97 degrees outside, <laughs> and like I'm running my air conditioning because I'm in a full suit for right. work. Yeah. And uh, 
because I'd been thinking about grace, I was just like, what's it going to take for me to move my car to the other side of the parking lot? Yeah. Like nothing. And maybe, maybe that would absorb just enough of that bitterness that it either wouldn't hit somebody else. Right? Right. Or it might satisfy this guy. And like just a small example of how we're supposed to be carriers of grace yeah. and not people with extremely thin skin about yeah. everything. Or make a huge pride. Yeah. I think, because you, know, you said, you know, what would it take for me to do it? And the first thing that hits my brain is to swallow my pride. For oh, me yeah. to do and I it. I had to. And it's, I absolutely and had to. And that is a hard thing. You know, in this yeah. society, we are told, you know, to not let anyone push you around, you know, not um, don't be a doormat, right? You know, yeah. and and you know, bullies will take advantage of you, things like yeah. that. And I understand some of it to a point, right? right? But it got to a point where you are again self-preserving, and it would take swallowing the pride. Now, I am, I admittedly will tell you, I have a very hard time. I struggle with that. that that's one of my struggles. Yeah, is the confront to not be confrontational. Um, to not sta- stand up for mine, and, you know, and, and I know that so, <laughs> just bubbles up inside you, <laughs> right? And, like, oh, and, I, say and I do. I'm very confrontational when things need to be. You know, I yeah. try not to talk behind people's back, but instead, you know, make sure that I whatever I'm thinking or need to say is said to them. Yeah. And but I am confrontational in that way, and that can kind of be kind of off-putting to some people. But yeah. But that's a huge deal for you to do that. Not everyone can do that. I think that's a difficult thing. But it would, dude, not every day right. would that have happened. Right. I had right. just, I had just been thinking about this, and it was something that was. So it was a challenge in a way, or like, you know what? I can do it, this. It, I'm going to do well, this for this person. It was like, why can't I do this? If you know, I think we need more of that, right? Like, I think again, it goes to the whole point of like what we're talking about, as far as kind of judging or being so negative about a subject is to be like I can do this like I can I can love someone or I can not love myself as much as someone else for a second you know and um, it's a hard thing to do but I think we're able to do I mean I just think right now about my son my son's two years old and um, you know his name is Edger and he says edgy as his, that's how I guess what he yeah. calls himself yeah. and everything he wants to do right now is edgy try edgy try <laughs> doesn't matter what it is he wants to get in the car himself he cannot sure. get in the car himself oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he wants Dude, to try edgy my son try freaks out right. if I don't let him try things right and so it's like where does that where did we lose that and as yeah. Christians where have we lost that kind of try let's try not be so cynical yeah let's try not to be so negative right you know and, and pessimistic on other people but right. instead meet them at where they're at well, I'm like, dude, I think we're touching on a subject here that, like, you know, as a pastor, I- I'm really interested in. And it's how much of our Christian sort of formation or improvement or, you know, big theological word sanctification is really us trying to feel better about how much we know yeah. or, you know, how good our answers are mm-hmm. or, you know, what kind of front we're putting up. When at the end of the day, there should be some really brass tacks, some like nitty gritty stuff that we should be able to look at measure and say, like, is grace having any effect on me at all? Yeah. Like, is it is it changing me? Mm, am that's I, a good point. Am I becoming more gentle? It's like I, I I remember somewhere this guy Paul having a list, having something to do with like joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness. Man, and the things you just named there, I'm like, I'm like, I, you know, I might have a lot of those things, but I know for sure I have the complete opposite of those in as them? well. Yeah. Right, like, right. are we growing in them? Yeah. Like. Is that even something that is important to yeah. us? That's something that, like, I, how much more should I care about whether or not I'm growing in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control? Or, gosh, uh, is it wrong to, 
drink a beer at a pub. I mean, just saying. Let me, let me ask what you think of this thought. All right, so I have a thought while you're talking about that. Is, um, we have a freedom to consume in moderation, I believe. We have a freedom oh, to consume in moderation. I, I totally believe um, that. And we have a freedom not to. Absolutely. Um, Paul said in um, Colossians 2.16, Therefore, yeah. let no one pass judgment on you in question of food and drink or right. with regard to festival or right, new right, right. moon or Sabbath. That's what I was just talking about. Yeah, earlier. and you yeah. mentioned that earlier. Yeah, yeah. So what, when we go to do that, when our brain immediately goes to that place, is the best possible thing to do is just stop and try to pray, try to ask God for that grace like on myself and on that person that I'm about to judge? I mean, because it's, you know, like, what, are we, what are we supposed to do? Because at this point, as kind of as we are broken humans, it almost is like a natural instinct. I mean, it's a reaction that is comes way too naturally for me you know what i don't exactly know how to answer that but i know what i wish the answer was is that okay can we kind of go there like i don't yeah yeah like again again point, we're wrestling is, we're yeah, not right wrestling here wrestling openly and like you know i could be totally wrong and like l- listen to this podcast years from now and be like man what an idiot but like do you know what i wish dude like my willy wonka wish here huh. like that the answer to that question is that we would have an open and honest conversation about it and not get our feelings hurt. Yeah. Like, I mean, can, can it start there? Like, you pull up a passage like that, and I feel like all these passages get thrown around to defend posts like we're Republicans and Democrats all over again. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, like, what I really want is to just be able to have a conversation about it. And I want to see things more from your perspective, and I want you to see things more from my perspective. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I want us to be closer because I think that's kind of the point of all of, all this. of this. And that's not just Christian to Christian, but Christian to, un, to non-Christian. Human to human. From human to human, being to being, right, like, in there this is, world. In my, in my opinion, there is nothing better and nothing more satisfying than just straight up connecting with another human being. Yeah. That's why developing a new friendship, falling in love, those conversations with that girl that's you know you, you stayed up until three in the morning and you go oh girl i don't even know where the time went girl like i don't even know like yeah you know what i'm saying it's yeah. like we love that because <laughs> <laughs> connecting with somebody is amazing and converse and conversation and that's kind of the point of why we're sitting here doing this yeah is an overlooked just gem yeah of the just the beauty of life yeah just I think it's something to be appreciated just as much as this delicious porterback beer we're <laughs> drinking right now. A conversation is something to be appreciated. Right. And not just like, I can't wait until I can talk and make my point. Mm, mm. And that's, I mean, I think most society can say they are guilty of that. Um, but I think that's great. I think this is a great place to wrap up. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all theologians because, you know, if you believe in a creator God, all of life is spiritual. Yeah. And... Uh, a pub is a great place to have open and honest conversations where we don't have to be right, but we can hopefully invite people to wrestle openly. Yeah. All right. Well, that's great. Well, I guess that wraps up our first episode of the Theology Pubcast. Um, I'd say join us each and every month where we'll be discussing current hot topics. All right. So thanks for listening, and we will see you here with a beer next month. Absolutely. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Have questions, comments, or topics for the show? Email us at theologypubcast at gmail.com. Want to support the show or buy us a drink? Head over to theologypubcast.com. Once you're there, click on the Buy Us a Drink tab and become a backer. While you're at our site, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. 
We'll talk to you next month on Theology Pubcast. Theology Pubcast.